Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of From the Mailbag. I'm Dan Moran. I'm Patrick Inhofer. And I'm Robbie Carmen. And guys, we have a question from probably one of our most <laughs> faithful members, Jason Bowdash. Bowditch. We really don't Bodak. know. How to... Bodak. Bodak. Yeah. Jason, sorry we're slaughtering your last name. It'd be great if you could uh, phonetically spell that out for us the next time. Uh, we're colorists, not, uh, not linguists. Anywho, uh, Jason has a great question, guys, about uh, what he phrases as the rolling conform. And I'll read part of his email. He says, I'm always trying to keep my workflow updated and streamlined but one thing i've constantly tried to implement but can't seem to figure out is the idea of a fast rolling conform where i can keep all of my grading work and ideally have versions too but swap out shots that come in last minute or change file location and he's been using sort of a i don't know a hack if you will uh by going back over to premiere pro it's his nle of choice inserting the shots making any changes that he needs there re-exporting an XML, reconforming that in Resolve, and then doing a color trace. And as he points out, this is a lot of steps. It's a little painful. And he's curious if we have a uh, some advice or some better methods uh, that he can be using to sort of have this rolling conform. And I, I think this is a really good question because, you know, one of the things I love from back in the day of Apple Color was there was a reconform button. You literally just took a new XML, reconform, and your timeline just, you know, poof, there it went. Did um, that work for you, Robbie? Yeah, it, it, it worked pretty well, actually. It, okay. used, to, it used to work right. pretty well. But, Dan, I we were talking before we uh, started recording this. You brought up something that I think, uh, you know, is... A lot of old school resolve colorists are very familiar with, and that's the master session. Yeah. But not a lot of not a lot of people who are new to resolve uh, are familiar with the master session, and especially in the past couple of years, it seems like the team has been working to kind of get rid of get it. the ma- ma- get the master session out of view. So um, you brought up that idea. Tell us a little bit more about how the master session might be able to help uh, Jason and what he's trying to do. Yeah. So the uh, the master session is essentially. Think of it as like a ghost timeline. So you never have to look at it if you don't need to use it. Um, and what it does is it kind of uh, keeps a record of any clips that are in the media pool. So you add a clip into the media pool, it'll be added to the master session. And it means that the grades will be applied to that clip. Uh, which, what's kind of really good about that is if you have, say, seven different edits. So if you have, for example, I'm a commercials guy. So if I've got a 30 second, a 20 second, a 10 and fives, it actually links all my grades together. So when I can form a new edit, it automatically goes, I know that clip, I know that clip, and it applies the grades for me, um, which for me is an absolute lifesaver. And the master session is actually renamed the master timeline. Now. Ah, so it's it. a timeline. It's an actual timeline. You have to enable it. Uh, Dan has an insight called Where's My Master Session or What Happened to My Master Session? And in that insight, Dan, you explained how to enable the master session or what's now called the master timeline. It was called master session for years and years. And yeah. uh, and how to enable that. And rec- and you have to do it at the very front, at the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, the of very your- top. Although I think, Robbie, I, I did a test recently, and I think you're right. It is kind of a shadow timeline because if you don't expose the master sh- session, and you start working in remote grades. It's, it's still there, yeah. It's still doing it, yeah. But the the key concept is we switch out of local grading and switch into remote, remote grading. Yeah. So the, this, but this is the thing I never knew. I, I guess I haven't done it in a while, so I just maybe I'm not all that knowledgeable about it. But you do you have to grade the master session timeline or the master timeline, no. or can you grade if you are if you're in remote? Anywhere you grade that shot, it will ripple to anywhere else that shot is, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, so one of the settings I talk about in that insight is um, 
in Resolve now, it defaults to the local versions, where with my Resolve, when I have it set up, it defaults to remote versions. So I don't even have to think about it. I grade just as normal. Uh, and then when a new edit comes in, it, it's already kind of worked it in the background. But yeah, you really have to have that setting enabled or it will only grade locally, which kind of breaks the workflow pretty quickly. Now, is there any, in your guys' opinion, is there any benefit, I guess maybe more in commercials this would make sense, but is there any benefit to just not grading the conforms, but just to grading the master session timeline itself? Context. Uh, for me, it's handles. Like, uh, I would always grade the conforms first, like Pat was saying, grade it in context, but then I always have to watch my master session to make sure, you know, like two seconds before and after the shot, is everything okay? Does the car drive out a shot or does the cheese look amazing when it gets pulled out of shot? <laughs> well, you know, but you could also turn on in your conform timeline to show handles. Yes, actually, yeah. Uh, and, and now with timeline filtering, one of the great things, where do you want handles is the thing. And usually where I want handles is where I'm doing tracking and masking. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a great filter timeline thing where you could tell it to show only the shots that have tracks and then you enable your handles, so it shows you the handles of just those shots. And then you go through, and then you could just, you know, finish up your tracks on either side of uh, of what's actually in the conform. That's my lesson learned for tonight. I forgot completely about there that. There you go. Yeah, I'm gonna be using that. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, and don't forget, Jason. Also, there's an old school approach to this. It's called uh, manually cutting the files. And <laughs> I mean, this hap this this happens to me time to time. You know, especially on long form work, doc work. Somebody says, "Oh, you know." Uh, we have like three stock replacement shots. In my mind, not having to go through the reconform process uh, is, uh, you know, it's just as simple to just take those shots and cut them in manually. Yeah, you just drop them in. Yeah, I think the master session works great for short form. On long form, uh, it gets really tedious. It gets really confusing. Uh, what will happen is I'll grade a shot earlier in the timeline. I'll come to it 10 minutes later and it'll show that it's already graded, but I'm not quite sure did it grade before the shot or was the grade after the shot. Like, I, I don't know what exactly I'm inheriting. B-roll, like someone has a B-roll reel and I'm just grading off the camera masters. And then, I mean, I can't reuse those grades. So now I start using versions. Oh, and then yeah, the next thing you know, messy. I've got 20 versions, right? So versioning gets a little messy. So I think the one takeaway I think from with Jason is I think we need to do an insight on all the hidden traps of working with uh, remote grading and remote sessions, remote timelines. Right, because I mean, because you, Pat, you you actually just pointed out there's two separate things going on. There's the remote sort of uh, I'm going to use a, my own term. There's sort of the remote linking thing that links the master session to the individual conform timelines. But then there's the actual remote versions as <laughs> yeah, well. Exactly. That th that those versions you make in one place will also show up as versions on the master in another yeah. timeline too. In a, yeah, exactly. So it can be a little confusing. So. Jason, Jason, uh, I think this should help you. It's a master session, master timeline. Uh, and guys, uh, we got to get to uh, making a couple insights about uh, the, the sort of hidden perils of this workflow and how it really works. Because I do think that this is something that, you know, if, you ha if you're new to Resolve... It's like, what? What is this? What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. What we just talked about is like complete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, Jason, that's good. Uh, that's good. We'll get on that and uh, get those insights out uh, very quickly. But hopefully you found uh, found this useful. So, for MixingLight.com, I'm Robbie Carmen. I'm Dan Moran. I'm Patrick Inhofer. And we'll see you in our next mailbag.